Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy, Bowfinger, one minute of screen time per episode. We're back again from Edge of Tomorrow Minute Plus One. Johnny, you're our plus one to this black tie affair. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I noticed none of you are actually wearing black ties, but it's fine. We're all wearing black shirts, does it matter? Yeah. No. No, okay. I guess not. So as, as long as all the listeners are wearing black ties, which I assume they are, it'll be fine. Yeah, black tie in the car listening to a podcast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I'm one of the hosts of Edge of Tomorrow Minute, Dave Forsyth. And I'm the other one, Todd Lucas. We have uh, our plus one, Johnny. Uh, we, we, can we say your last name or is preserve your OPSEC? Please, no. Are you kidding me? My my, my name is John Walensky. There we go. John Walensky uh, of, of the internet. I suppose, as, as much as any of us. I, um, I actually, use probably the less, internet. Less than most of us, I would probably say. But <laughs> but we're all here to talk about minute seven of the movie Bowfinger. I gave you the spiel in the beginning. Minute seven. You know why we're here, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. So we, we join in the movie with Bowfinger standing before his, I'll say crew, even though two of these people are actors, so cast and crew. But I don't want to say cast and crew all the time. So I'm going to refer to this group as the crew, okay, for now. But I mean, the real crew will show up later and <laughs> other hosts will have to deal with it. So for now, I'm calling it the crew. So right. they're they're all in his office. They're all sort of sitting there watching him doubt on their faces. Uh, and Bowfinger is still soliloquizing, soliloquizing. He's still talking. He's still talking to himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's talking about how they are the little guys. They didn't have the muscle before, but now we do. Because last night I read a screenplay that every studio in town is going to want. And how did we get this screenplay? Because Ephraim here is a damn fine writer, as well as an accountant and part-time receptionist. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the way he strings those together is is a good bit of comedy. Uh, It doesn't work when I do it, but when Steve Martin does it, it's it's funny. But he he continues. I said, Ephraim, if you can write as well as you add, or as well as you can add, well, I didn't even have to finish my sentence. Twelve days later, he hands me this, this masterpiece. And his delivery of the whole speech is, is as sort of plastic as mine was, right? Yeah, it's sort of, uh, it, it, yeah, it's, it's rehearsed. You know, you can tell this is what he stormed up that morning or, or overnight after he talked to the dog. <laughs> you know, he, this is, this is his, his speech, right? That he, he, he's got that practiced and Ephraim humbly accepts the praise. He says, ah, thank you, boss. And he sort of, he beams with a little bit of pride, right? He, he straightens up a little bit and I, I don't remember if he adjusts his tie or not, but at some point he does, but I don't think it is. I don't think it's here, but, uh, but yeah, he's definitely, you know, 
doing that sitting up a little taller because he's been noticed kind of thing is uh, high achievers will do right right <laughs> bowfinger comes he comes in closer and he, he sits at their level um, across from across the coffee table from them and he says tell them the title and he's you know directing that ephraim and ephraim says ah chubby rain <laughs> and he's got sort of a heavy accent sort of yes. a caribbean english kind of accent and th this actor is actually pretty well known for for doing accents uh his name is adam alexi male i think is how you might say it m-a-l-l-e um it's hyphenated alexi dash male uh, this is his first credited role he had a few uncredited ones before that and he will later after this go on to do lots of voice work for animated things video games and things like that but he was italian born uk raised theater violin he, he was in a lot of arts things and moves into producing later on but a noted polyglot and mm. um, known, known for his accent so i have no idea if this is his, his real voice or not <laughs> doubtful yeah yeah he definitely plays plays the accent up a little bit and it makes the association of those two words chubby and rain right next to each other seem even weirder than, than they do as a phrase like it's it's a weird phrase but when you say it with a accent you're like what, what did he just say so it's it's I, I think i think this is this is uh in the previous episode uh we were talking about how much steve martin's character actually believes what what he's he's trying to sell um right. and, and this this is a real to me is is a real key point in this scene because chubby rain is an objectively terrible name for for a movie mm. <laughs> Yeah. Does Steve Martin think that it because he stops and he says, tell him the title as if yeah. it's a real selling point. So how much does Steve Martin does Steve Martin really think it's a good title for a movie? And maybe does that explain why his his uh, office is dilapidated at this point? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he might actually be terrible at this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or, you know, maybe he's been so beat down from just all of whatever he, else he's been working on that, like something like this is what gets him excited his bar is low is what i'm trying to say right you know, like he it's just you know he, he sees he sees something that fits a particular niche of an idea he's like great that fit it hits this mark let's let's do it kind of thing and you know we'll, we'll get to we'll get to that last little bit of that in a, in a second here but carol says what and it's not clear if she can't understand that that accent or if it's just because the words don't make sense uh, either either option is very valid bowfinger sort of interrupts and he says chubby rain tell them why and he's got that excited sort of it's almost like kid energy right yep ephraim says you see the aliens come down to earth in the raindrops and he pauses like making some sort of downward hand gestures to signify rain like that explains it all right and and bowfinger's like yeah and then ephraim clearly reading the room that that doesn't explain it to either carol or or, or slater he says making the raindrops chubby it's like oh okay oh. great <laughs> and it he he makes he makes his hand sort of in he, he does these hand gestures to sort of indicate fatness right so i i, I find his affectations in this in this scene pretty funny but bowfinger continues his excitement with it and he says aliens in the raindrops chubby rain i mean at the end of this movie when our hero keith kincaid looks up at the alien antenna and says gotcha suckers i mean that is a moment and he's sort of clenching his fist and acting it out and it's you know, he's he's clearly got a vision of the Keith antenna scene in his mind already. You know, he, he's like all good directors. He's he's got a vision. And he skipped a lot of steps there. I'm sure he lost, you know, the other two people in the room who've not read the script yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's 
there, there is not there's not a lot of lines drawn between that title and, and that that phrase. But I find that that line that tagged it. I mean, it, it kind of gets pulled out a few times in this movie. And, you know, there's a, a culmination of the use of gotcha suckers. Uh, but it's it's to me, this was the the, the funny bit. Right. When I first watched this movie, Gotcha Suckers was was the, the funny bit running through it. And, uh, you know, maybe it's a fairly obvious hook one because they, they say it over and over again. But I, I don't know. Hollywood sort of loves movies about making movies. And uh, around this time, especially there, there were a bunch of them. Like I made a little list here in, in 92 was The Player, which a very well awarded movie, I think. Uh, I don't remember if it was Oscar winning or not, but. And then Wes Craven's New Nightmare, yeah. maybe? Anybody? No? Yeah. yeah. That's about sort of the making of Nightmare on Elm Street becoming a horror movie in itself. Right. And Ed Wood comes out in 94, Get Shorty in 95, mm-hmm. State in Maine in 2000, Shadow of the Vampire, which is sort of about the making of Nosferatu. Um, and I don't know if you guys ever saw Cecil B. Demented. It's a, First thing you mentioned, I did. I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that one's a, um, a John Waters movie where... They kidnap Melody Griffith, who's a big, big name actress, and they force her to be in this gorilla movie. So they that one actually has a lot of links into this one for me, where because they take their crew out into public places and do, you know, violence in that area and film it. And that's the movie. You know, they 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 do violence to regular people Mm. and make that their, their movie. But they've kidnapped a movie star to force her to be in the movie. And it. So they're sort of filming regular people doing things. And uh, it was sort of a, an easy um, so, something in my brain tied tied between these two movies. You know, it, it, we'll see it later. It's the use of Eddie Murphy's character without his knowledge. I think that, yes. that definitely pulls pulls that in. But it, that that brought it. But then the other movie that not necessarily a movie about making movies was I'm going to get you sucker. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one. Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, a exploitation parody with uh, I think it was Keenan Ivory Wayne's first directorial outing so it was the first movie he he directed and that line when they uttered that sort of combined with all this movies about movies thing it it, it sort of brought up a lot of other parodies in in my head i don't know i just sort of putting this movie into cultural context for myself yeah it's pretty common amongst creatives to want to create stuff about people who are just like you i mean just look, sure. look at stephen king's uh, bibliography you know at least half of them the main character is a writer yeah yeah right and, uh, you know, how, how many plays have you seen that are about writing a play? A, a couple. At least one or two. Yeah, yeah And I, I haven't seen many plays, but I, uh, yeah, two probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Johnny and I might have written one at some point, but that's, that's neither here nor there. That's uh, <laughs> solid gold. That's in a yeah. box somewhere, Dave. Nice. Oh, good. Handwritten probably too, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. You probably yeah. need yeah. to seal that up and then maybe put it in a larger <laughs> container with some lead weights and then seal that up and drop it in the ocean, like over the Marianas Trench. I think you probably want to leave that box porous. So it lets the, oh, so lets the ocean water. No, I, I think you would in. pollute everything. I don't want that to happen. Yeah. Well, all right. No, I'm sure it wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, no. I saw, I've got a, a, a very uh, a fond place in my heart for it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, that's probably the, the most we should ever talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's sort of where where minute seven ends is is with the uh, the the sort of impassioned delivery. So I think sort of picks up where we were talking about the end of yesterday's episode about belief versus hope versus delusion, I guess. Right. Uh, and so I don't know where we would put him 
on the meter in this but it feels very much like the hope end of of things but like you said it's a very clearly bad title and a very <laughs> clearly bad hook line I, I i yeah i don't really believe that that he's a terribly good judge of these things because i think he actually likes them both to some degree you know because yeah. the, the minutes prior to ours you know when he's actually reading through the script something about that script really has set him on fire now i don't know if it's yeah. actually the quality of the script because we, you know, we really never get a good idea what the hell's going on in this script no. but maybe something in his brain maybe you know something that he doesn't realize he has some organizational part of his brain looked at that script and goes i could shoot that with people who don't even know they're in this movie well sure <laughs> i mean i i don't think that part is in his head yet but i mean it, it does does happen eventually but yeah I, I i don't you do get the sense that he's sort of at the end of his rope right that, right. that he he doesn't feel like he has a lot of chances at this left the, so so in some sense um this 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 script is a lifeline uh whether it really is quality or not he has to believe it's quality uh, because it is his lifeline yeah i think that's that's sort of the the direction i wanted to 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 read it in because he's you know we, we'll see him pull out a lot of tricks in in the uh, in, in the early part of this but then most of them are fairly straight up deception but but yeah he's you know he, he's using some fairly risky last ditch tactics. I mean, it's not like, you know, the first, it's not like the first episode of Breaking Bad where he, you know, he didn't just find out he has cancer and he's got to make a movie in, in, <laughs> in the next nine weeks or something like that. You know, that, that would be a bit heavy handed, but it's, it's sort of an emotional end of the line and, and a definitely monetary end of the line. And, you know, I, I don't know if he owns this building, but, you know, if he does, that may be his last asset. So, you know, we'll see, he doesn't have a good car. He doesn't, actually own a camera <laughs> you know he, he doesn't have access to uh he doesn't have legitimate access to a camera right i should say um he doesn't have uh union workers that's for sure so yeah i mean it's he, he's he's definitely probably taking some steps that are uh new to him maybe sure. i would assume yeah but uh, you know apparently the the through line here is that he has some some depth of humanity in him that he may be trying to deny all the time because everyone always seems to want to follow him you know they may not do exactly what he's hoping they'll do but they they never really stray from him very much so yeah and that i was thinking that too that it's uh that, 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 that there's almost a cult-like aspect mm -hmm. um and I think I think we we might talk about this more in the in the next minute. But where he 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 gets them to believe that his glory uh, they they somehow share in his in his success. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's yeah. coming up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. And and his you know his measurements of success also I think we'll see are a little bit skewed. The uh, the other thing I wanted to notice I'm not so convinced that like obviously the the title is is terrible. Uh, but I'm not so convinced that uh, Gotcha Suckers is any worse than uh, like Hasta La Vista Baby or, yeah. or anything I, from a James Bond movie. I, I think you're probably right about that. And and I think that's probably part of the parody here. Right. Because it it's clearly directly comparable to, to other things that were going on at the time, probably still going on. But but here, when you watch this, you can say, like, clearly that's bad. Right. But also we're we're actually doing that and watching that. Mm -hmm. But the, the person who ultimately says it and it's it's you know largest expression is playing a parody of himself. So yeah, True. it's yeah. fine. It's actually right in line with what's going on in reality behind what Steve Martin's character is doing. So yeah, and you know, there's a lot that goes on in this movie. There's a lot of different threads pulling in a lot of different directions. 
So if you can just focus on the gotcha sucker, like tune out all this other stuff that's coming at you, focus in on the gotcha suckers. I think you'll you'll be happy um, with with how it turns out. But like I said, that's not that's not for us to discuss. That's future podcasters problems. Well, we could just steal all their thunder, right? That's that's not against the rules, is it? I mean, it's not a competition. So <laughs> thank goodness, because our, we, we still have early movie credits going on in our minutes. So it's uh, it seems a little yeah. difficult. So, yeah, it would, it would be probably be bad form of us to just just rip all the, the subtext out of everything uh, going on. But, you know, no one's going to he- the, the people that are making the future minutes aren't going to hear what we're saying right. until after they've said what they're going to say. So if I didn't have to bleep it out, I would just say F them, <laughs> not F, not F them. Just, we're just yeah. going to F them now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. Forget it. Um, forget I said anything. Just going about your merry podcasting way. All right. Well, <laughs> that's that's about it for, for seven. Like I said, that's he we, we end with sort of a, a clenched fist at the, at the suckers. Right. And uh, a low key acted out bit but do you guys have anything else you wanted to to pick up from from minute seven here i don't think so i'm pretty much uh you know that's the the thing about the, the the a lot of these minutes especially in the office i'm wanting to be able to see the things in the background better but i just yeah, i can't yeah. read anything i'm like ah, oh, what is that oh, i can't read it you know and there's like yeah he's definitely got a lot of cool paraphernalia yeah and there's and some black and white photographs back there but i can't quite make out who it is and I, i'm hoping that they are equally like the, the the props that he has on display are equally as underwhelming as we're led to believe his career is through all this. Sure. Uh, when, when he's on the phone in his office, you can see he's got like a corkboard with lots of notes tacked to it. And then he's got posters for his acting class, um, which just look kind of suspect. I don't I don't know who would sign up for that, but I don't know if you've seen the uh, HBO show Barry, but there's sort of a bad acting class that, that is portrayed through through most of that, really. But I sort of envision this as like the the uh, Gene Cousineau uh, acting school kind of program that if you signed up for the Bowfinger acting program, you'd, you'd get similar, uh, maybe less, maybe less murdery uh, sure. type, but yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's let's wrap up seven then uh, and we'll get into the, the good meaty bits of number eight tomorrow on when, Wednesday. Yeah. Totally we'll on, on Wednesday. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, so you can find us and all of our podcasts and including the were you on two episodes. Yeah. Just just the two. Right. I was on two. My favorite two. So so far, I mean, maybe you'll come back for more because we're still making them. But we'll see. I'm shocked. Find out you're still making them. <laughs> well, me too. But uh, head over to edgeoftomorrowminute.com. You'll find you know Edge of Tomorrow Minute episodes there. We number them handily for you, so you can know where to start. And I was going to say start and stop, but don't stop. Just listen to all. Yeah, of them. Don't stop. Yeah, don't stop. Uh, we haven't. You, can, so. you can just just listen until you get to your favorite minute of that movie, and then you can stop. No, I. But oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it's as good advice as any, I suppose. Oh. Unless your favorite minute is like minute seven, then just don't even bother, right? Like, I like seven. Seven was good. It was good, but like, not great. You didn't really but get good. cooking until minute ten. So you know, <laughs> no one has a favorite minute of Edge of Tomorrow. If they like the movie, they like the whole movie. Nobody says, "Oh, minute forty-two. That's what. That's Wait. what really won won me over." Is that true? That's absolutely I mean, true. It, it's just we, you no and me, man. movies by the minute. It's just you and me, man. We're the only ones that might have an opinion on that. <laughs> All right. I suppose that's probably true. <laughs> 
All right. Well, while I dwell in my existential sorrow over that uh, exposition, exposition, no, real, realization, realization. What do, what do you call it when someone gives you a realization? You call it a an epiphany, maybe. It's a hard truth, Dave. Yeah, a hard <laughs> truth. Sure. But while I while I dwell on that hard truth, you can go find the Bowfinger Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, or just head over to the main site, which is bowfingerminute.com. Everybody's got their own website these days. Why not? Why not Bowfinger Minute? Uh, if you have time, uh-huh. you know, if you've got nothing else to do, please like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, not those other sites we talked about. Um, social media is available at Welcome to Mindhead, which, if you've only watched, if you're watching the movie in in order with the podcast, you, you may not know what Mindhead is yet, but trust me, it, it it's there. Uh, so the social media is available at Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute Listeners Center on Facebook and on Twitter at Bowfinger Minute. So please join us here next time, which, like I said, will be Wednesday of, of this week on the Bowfinger Minute. In the meantime, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. Keep it together, children. There's always one more show. Cause there's always one more show.